Ready? Our evening began in Peter Seychelles' comfortable study in his New York townhouse. Hello, everybody. My name is Jim Shear, and welcome to the official, unofficial Beastie Boys podcast known as the Brouhaha. Before we begin today, I've got to send out some special birthday messages to some legendary Beastie Boys associates. And I don't know if I have the math correct, but I think... Both of these legends turned 60, the big 6-0, within like a week of each other. Maybe less than a week. So happy big 6-0 to photography legend, Glenny Friedman. And also recently turning the big 6-0, Say Adams. Graffiti legend. Created... One of the first Beastie Boys logos on the side of a building. And then he worked with the Beastie Boys for the album cover for Hello Nasty. He would play softball with the Beastie Boys, tag along with the Beastie Boys out on tour, a true confidant of the Beastie Boys. So like I said, before we officially begin this podcast, happy Big Six So to Glenny Friedman. And say Adams. Happy birthday to you. This is your day. So coming up on today's episode of the Brouhaha, I will be speaking with Paco. Who is Paco, you may ask? You may know him as Corduroy Frames. If you don't follow him on Instagram, you better do that now. He is doing a frame-by-frame stop-motion animation remake of the Beastie Boys classic 1994 music video, Sabotage. And if you would like to follow his diabolical action, you can do so on Instagram. He is under the name Corduroy Frames, spelled... C-O-R-D-U-R-O-Y Frames. That is Cord U Roy Frames. Now, this project isn't going to take a couple of days or a couple of months. Might take a couple of years. We don't know when he's going to finish. Once again, this is stop motion, frame by frame. I mean, Paco might not be done until... 2033, who knows? But he is documenting the journey both on Instagram and I think he's compiling the footage on YouTube. So once again, another must follow on Instagram, Corduroy Frames. So Paco will join us today on the Brouhaha to talk about this creation. I've done some crazy things as a Beastie Boys fan. I've created a, a couple of different dioramas. In my youth, I created a Beastie Boys diorama, and I actually sent it to the Beastie Boys. I don't know if they ever got it. And if they did, it might be like that Facts of Life episode. Remember when Tootie went backstage to visit Jermaine Jackson, and she had that papier-mâché head, and they thought it was a bomb, and they ruined it? I hope, I hope that in the mid-90s, the Beastie Boys didn't think that I sent them a bomb. It was a, it was a diorama. So I've done a lot of things as a fan for the Beastie Boys. I mean, this podcast, one of them. But I don't think, I, I shouldn't say I don't think. I, I've never done anything like a stop-motion, frame-by-frame recreation of Sabotage. If you're talking login hours for the Beastie Boys, I think Paco has me beat. So Paco will join me today. 
And uh, stay tuned because we're also going to do a little something with another Instagram feed, Lee's Sportswear. Yeah, if, if you listen until the end of the episode, there's a chance you could win three free t-shirts from Lee's Sportswear. Lee's Sportswear, kind of like the brouhaha. We love the Beastie Boys. We are not official in any capacity. So Lee's Sportswear, not sanctioned by the Beastie Boys, but they do put out apparel created by Beastie Boys fans. So all of that coming up today on the brouhaha. Before we begin, I do want to read a few messages. Uh, Once again, if you would like to reach out to me in any type of capacity, whether you love or hate the podcast, if you want to talk about your favorite Beastie Boys song, you can find me on social media at Jim Shear, and you can also email me at beastiepodcast at gmail.com. Loved this email. It comes to us from a person named Jens. J-E-N-S. Now, most of you know that my closing tagline is, I will see yins later. And yins is a word that we use in Pittsburgh to say, you wins, you all. It's like Pittsburgh's version of y'all. Listen, all the yins, it's a sabotage. So yins writes, hey, Jim, love your podcast. I just discovered it the other day and I'm pounding through it like a bottle of Brass Monkey in high school. (laughs) While listening to the So What You Want episode, you finish with, and I will see Jens later at 5640. Tell me I'm hearing things, or you have a friend named Jens. I convinced my 14-year-old that you're talking to me. Word up, oh yeah, and damn straight, So What You Want is the best song ever made. So Jens... I love the email, and I'm sorry I had to break it to you today that I wasn't talking directly to you. I was saying a word in Pittsburgh East. But it can can be about you, too. It can be about yens and yens. Got another message from Jesse writing about the last episode, the check-your-head ill-communication battle. He writes, best closing track, hands down, it's check-your-head. By a long way, due to MCA's insightful spoken word. Well, Jesse, if you listened, if you listened closely, I said, hey, you know what? I'm not talking about best song right now. I'm going to give the point to the best closing track. Listen to the way that transitions ends. It's like like a perfect closing track. It was a tough episode to do. Uh, He also writes... Best deep cut or instrumental, it's Futterman's role for sure. If not for gratitude, I'd say it's MCA's best bass line ever. Sludgy, dank, and fuzzy. Also, I think no matter how hard you try, Jim, your subconscious bias leans to 1992. He might be right, but for those that know me, I say that 1994 is the greatest year of music ever. So if I had any type of bias, it would lean into 94, not 92. Once again, though, nobody's wrong. If you say Ill Communication is the best Beastie Boys album, you're right. If you say that Check Your Head is the best Beastie Boys album, you're right. And, you know, if somebody comes up to me today and says To the Five Burrows or The Mix-Up is the best Beastie Boys album, I would hear them out. Another message I want to read. This one is from Susan. She writes, Hey, Jim, glad to have the brouhaha back in my ears. I hope you and yours are well. You sound great, so I'm going to assume so. Oh, thanks, Susan. And... It's ill communication, all day long, hands down. Thanks for the pod, Jim. Now, Susan, if you listened to the last episode, you know that I was just playing devil's advocate. Check your head is my favorite. That is all day long, hands down. 
But, 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 there's more. Because then Susan might have been doubting herself because then she later wrote me, although by trying to prove it is the best, you make a very persuasive argument for check your head. It's a very close second. I love them both so much. Great episode. All right, so she still thinks ill communication is the best, but she does love them both, and so do I. And then sending this one out to Beastie Universe, Patrick needs a little help. He writes, hello, thanks for all the amazing podcasts. I was just having the discussion with a friend yesterday about check your head versus ill communication, and then saw your podcast today. Such a tough call. So what you want is my favorite all-time tune, but I like more of the singles on Ill Communication better, so I agreed with your verdict. I just have to say I like them equally in the end, I think. After listening to your interview with Be Real, it got me wondering where the guitar lick sample is from on the Soul Assassin's remix of So What You Want. I was wondering if you might know. There's not anything for it on whosampled.com. I've gone through the samples from Cypress Hill's first album and didn't find it there either. Again, thanks for all the podcasts. Cheers, Patrick. So, before we go to break and bring on Paco, does anybody know where that guitar comes from in the Soul Assassin's remix of So What You Want? If you know, please reach out to me at Jim Shear or email me at beastiepodcast at gmail.com and I will give Patrick that answer immediately. But Muggs is sneaky. Like, he could have taken that guitar lick and lifted it from the middle of a song, and it's only, like, a second long. So who knows? I I, I don't know the answer. So with that, let us take a break. And when we come back, I will be joined by the mastermind of Corduroy Frames on Instagram, the man who goes by the name Paco. It's, it's, a, it's a word that is not really used that much in these days, but I think it really suits me, as well as these guys. It's macho. It's a macho that we have. And how do they used to say it in the, in, um, the kids used to say, mucho macho. Right. I love sports. I love athletes. I love being a man, but sometimes I love men, too. Yo, check this out. You listen to the blue ha ha. Joining me now on the brouhaha, the man simply known as Paco. You may follow his Instagram feed, Corduroy Frames. Paco, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. Stoked to be here, man. Frame by frame. Yeah. Stop motion animation recreation of sabotage. What inspired this madness? Well, I, I've been in film for a while and I've done like short films, documentaries, that kind of thing. But I found- So when you say film, live action? Yeah, live action. Yeah. Yeah. I, have you, do you have a background in stop animation? No, not really. Or stop motion, stop motion stop animation? Motion, yeah. No, not at all. I've done one thing before. <laughs> it's called the Stanley Bowl. And it was about some guys who find the Stanley Cup and turn it into a bong. And so that's on YouTube if you want to be one of the 500 people who've seen it. But uh, but I, I got sick of trying to get a film together, like actors and crew, and it always costs money. And I was like, if I need to get a cityscape, I just want to be able to cut it out of construction paper. If I need actors, I want to make them. And so I was thinking like, okay, well, how can I kind of get good at this? And I figured if I copied something and had reference, it would teach me how things moved and that kind of thing. So I was trying to think of what to do, what to do. And as I was walking one day, I thought of sabotage. And it sounds so dumb, but I like stopped walking. I was like, of course, sabotage. (laughs) And then I came home (laughs) and I watched it and I was like, no, that's impossible. There's no way I could do that. Forget it. And then it wouldn't leave me alone. I just kept coming back to it. And I was like, well, I'll draw them out. And if I can make them look like them, maybe. And so I did it and I was like, okay. And I did a couple little tests and I was like, well, let's jump in. So what I'm doing is the whole video start to finish in order. So like if you jump on like corduroy frames and check it out, it's like 
hopefully you'll see me getting better as it goes on. So when it's done, <laughs> it'll start off looking kind of amateur-y and hopefully by the end, as it goes, you'll be like, oh, he did get, he did learn something, <laughs> but we'll see. <laughs> Who knows? That's what I appreciate. In one of the videos, you said exactly that. Well, I'm going to start out and hopefully I get better. And by the end, hopefully I'm really good. Yeah, exactly. So hopefully people don't watch like the first five seconds. They're like, this looks like amateur <laughs> and just bail on it. Cause it's like, but Paco, you know what they say? It's not how you start. It's how you finish. Exactly. Exactly. That's so I'm really banking on that. So prior to this, you had only done that stanley bull stop motion animation yeah yeah and like one thing for christmas one year because i was super poor and i couldn't do anything so i just set up my camera and did like this little stop motion about why no one could get christmas presents because i was so poor now is that on youtube as well no that's a a family only dvd it's it's super super rough like i it was like sticky tack to the wall because i couldn't put a camera over a table like it was total total amateur hour not like so would that video be off the grid that would be off the grid yes which we'll talk about later but i don't want to talk about now you have an off the grid story i do that i I want to discuss with you but back to the stop motion (laughs) animation so you basically have a camera suspended over a glass table yeah it's actually just just like a wooden table and then okay. I, yeah, but yeah, it's, it's camera suspended over a table essentially. So it's a good way to see like South Park style animation, like flat. And you do have a remote control. Yes. That takes the picture. So you're not actually pressing the camera because if you actually press the camera <laughs> and moved it a smidge, it would ruin everything. Yeah. Yeah. There's been a couple of times the room it's in is super small. Like if, again, if you watch the videos, it's like, it's where the cat's litter boxes are and stuff like that. Like it's the back room <laughs> of, the, of the apartment. And so uh, a couple of times I'm moving around, I hit the table. I'm like, oh my God. And then I check and make sure it's all okay. And usually it is. So, But if you, yeah, if you hit the table, does that ruin a shot? It, it, it can, because the way you kind of do it is you take a shot and then when you move it, there's like a, like a ghost image of the shot you just took on the screen so you can kind of see how far uh, you're moving okay, it. Okay. So if worse comes to worse, I can just line everything back up to its ghost image, but I try to not do that because it's a nightmare. So going into this project, and I'm I'm so fascinated by this, <laughs> I feel like I could keep you on the podcast for nine hours today. Let's do it. So how closely did you study the Sabotage music video? Did you know the amount of shots? Like, how many shots are in Sabotage? There's 129 shots in Sabotage. (laughs) Like, of course, right? I pick the the most shots in a music video. Hardly any shots are longer than a second, if they're a second. Really? Yeah. So, like, what I did was, I've got notes of it, like, every single... Every single shot and what happens in it from like zero seconds to one second is like, I guess the first shot that actually you see is the mounted on top of the car. And that's like four seconds. And you're, you see like the, the traffic in front of the light and all that. So it's like, so I'll say like zero to four seconds, you know, that shot. And then four to five seconds, this shot. And I do that for all 29 shots. But then I go, okay, in shot, you know, 35. What's what's in the frame? What do I have to make? Okay, there's a lamp post. There's three cars. There's a guy in the background. And so every single frame of sabotage, I've studied and written down what's in that frame. Essentially, everything is created out of construction paper. Yeah, like construction paper, some foam, cardstock, that kind of stuff. And like when Mike D kicks open the fence, I took like paper clips and like straightened them out and turned it into a fence. <laughs> so. Stuff like that. (laughs) But for like a shot where there's action involved, Mm -hmm. how many different little cardboard cutouts do you have to make? Depends what's in the shot, right? Like there's a shot where they're on, they're kind of like on a roof and Ad-Rock jumps over the wall. Yeah, in that shot, like everyone's moving. So it's like, I have to look, okay, what's MCA doing? And I just move him a little bit. Okay, what's Mike D doing? I'm going to move him. Then I move Ad Rock, take the shot. And then if a car comes by in the background, I put that car in there. Say frame six, you see the car. So I make a note of that. When I get to frame six, I see that note. So I put the car in there. And now that's part of the shot too. It's, it's insane. It's insane. 
detail. So remember a few years ago, there was the person that wrote the Sabotage novel? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like this is a heavier <laughs> undertaking than that. Yeah, it could be, man. It's something that I didn't even really... When I started, I was like, this is take a while. It'll be cool or whatever. And then you get into the minutia of it. And then it becomes about the details. Like, you really don't need that doorknob on the third door down in the hallway. But it's in the shot. So people will notice I didn't put that in. <laughs> and no one's going to notice. But I will. So. And I think you asked this in one of your videos. You said, when will I finish? So I'm going to ask you that question. <laughs> when will you finish? Do you know? I have no idea. I'm hoping... 2023 like my goal this year <laughs> is to get to shot 100 and right now i'm shooting shot 60 62 is what i'm shooting right now you're almost halfway done yeah there's almost more behind me than ahead of me and that'll be a big day when that comes <laughs> trust me <laughs> so this is this is not your day job no no it's a evenings and weekends kind of thing all right I, so what what is your day job um i i work in video i do like like training videos and things like that. And I still make music videos here and there. Like back in the day, I I've made like almost 50 music videos, like of all small, like nothing you've seen. What's me, your, what's your best one? Ooh, my best what's, one. What's your sabotage? <laughs> uh, there's a, a punk rock band called the Flatliners. And uh, we did a video for, I did a video for them and it got like play and stuff like that. So that's probably my favorite okay. video. So like all uh, right. much music in Canada, that's like uh, Canada's MTV. Yes. Okay. So, so yeah. well, you got a, you got a music video on much music. Yeah. 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 So yeah. Oh, that's we've, huge. We've been there for sure. Yeah. And then like, I've done like documentaries that have been on Amazon and stuff like that. So there's been other uh, stuff. Shout out, shout out one of your documentaries. The one documentary is uh, called, if it's not something, it's something else. The story of the reason. And <laughs> <laughs> so that's about, uh. A band, it was their 10th anniversary band from Canada called The Reason, and they toured Canada by train. And I got to go with them on that. And they played like fans house parties from like coast to coast in Canada. And it was awesome, like living on a train for four days going out to Vancouver. And it was it was amazing. Paco, you're like the world's most interesting man. <laughs> Why, thank you. <laughs> so back to Sabotage, mm -hmm. your stop motion yeah. animation video. Knowing that you're going to have to do 129 different shots, what will be the most challenging? The most challenging actually is coming up. It's, um, it's a shot where we're, we follow. It's Ad-Rock is chasing. Essentially, it's like the rookie is chasing. Um, oh, Christ, why can't I think of his name? MCA's character, you know, with the, the blonde hair and the mustache. He, sir Stuart Wallace. Thank you, Sir Stuart Wallace. I had the sir and I'm like, what's the rest of it? But uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's him and they like, he chases him down like a walkway and they jump into a pool essentially. Yeah. So they go down this walkway up these stairs to the pool. And that's the one that I, when I watched it the first time, when I saw that shot, that's when I was like, okay, no, I can't do this. There's no way. <laughs> and now it's coming up. And because I've got this thing where I can't skip a shot or go back to fix a shot. Like I want it to be like a document beginning to end. So it's probably a shot that I should do last after I've learned <laughs> everything right, I'm going to right. learn. But I'm like, well, no, it's coming up pretty soon. So I got to jump right into this. <laughs> now, do you know that that swimming pool shot was actually done in Mike D's backyard? It wasn't done at the hotel. Really? I did not know that. Yeah. Really? That's pretty cool. Huh. And then I believe they ruined a camera during that shot. Like they put a camera in a plastic bag and they ruined it. Actually, I, I know the shot you're talking about because I thought, how am I going to get this shot of the underwater look? And I think what I'm going to do is just take like saran wrap and maybe like gum it up a little bit and put it over the lens <laughs> and make that look like we're ruining a camera underwater. Another question for you. Only the beastie nerds will get this. <laughs> There was a version of Sabotage that played for MTV, the censored version, and then there's the uncensored version. Which version are you doing? I'm doing the uncensored version. So where the person falls off of the bridge. Yes. Yeah. And then there's also an explosion in the uncensored version. Yeah. yeah like, And I'm, I'm also thinking about that because it has that videotape look to it in that yes. shot where it blows up. So I'm trying uh -huh. to think, okay, how can I make... Because I... 
I do some stuff in post. There is some green screen I've done. And like, if the camera moves around, I do that movement in post. So I'll shoot. The, okay. They'll shoot like the, the uh, scene wide and then push it in. Because in that way, even when I'm moving the camera in post, I've got the act like the original video there kind of uh, with the opacity halfway down. So mm-hmm. every little movement that camera does, I mimic in post. So it looks, I, I usually, when I show people the video, it's a side-by-side comparison that's on like my Instagram. So you can see that just to see how, how similar I try to make them anyway. Yeah. You've got to follow Paco on Instagram. It's corduroy frames, C-O-R-D-U-R-O-Y, cord U Roy frames and you've also got videos on youtube as well yes yeah it's kind of like the the compilation of the instagram videos because those are like really one off obviously like one shot at a time and so i kind of compile them and put them on youtube if you want to see see them in a longer format essentially and then when you finally get this done Mm -hmm. tentatively 2023 (laughs) coming soon how will you premiere it what will you do how will you celebrate Will you do something special to compile everything you've done? Maybe, maybe do another documentary? Yeah. I See, I don't even know. I'm trying to think of what to do with that. The big hiccup with it is trying to have the real song for the video. Because whenever I try to post it with the song, it gets taken down like instantly. That's On YouTube. Why, yeah. And even like yes! Instagram, as soon as I put it up, it's like down in two seconds. So that's, that's why everywhere it's just silent because I can't use the song that'd be the one thing people like so the beastie boys could do something like just give me permission to use the song right (laughs) that's the only thing i don't want money i don't want anything money would be nice i won't lie but money would yeah money would be nice (laughs) but that's because uh friends of mine they're in a band and they cover sabotage and they're like hey you could use our version if you want so you can get around that and i'm like but it's got to be exact though right exactly and that's what i told them like no it's pretty it's pretty close mike but pretty close and also it's such a tribute to the beastie boys for me like they're like i say they're not like my favorite band like a part of my dna and so to put it up there without it being sabotage would just seem like a a weird fake move so i did a so what you want movie years ago and i couldn't post it on youtube yeah because anytime there was a beastie boy track yeah. Like they yanked it. The so I put it on Vimeo. And when you put it on Vimeo, it doesn't get as many eyeballs. Exactly. Yeah. And that's the thing too. It's kind of like I want, it, I, I don't want people, it's not like an ego thing. Like, oh, I want so many people to see the work I put into this. It's like, I want people to see it because it's kind of like a, like a cool version of a fan video, essentially. Yes. And uh, no, you want, you want people to see it. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I think when it's out, people will be interested to check it out. But I, again, yeah, I don't want to put it up on Vimeo or up on something. I want to put it on YouTube and let people just kind of go to that. But no, no diss to Vimeo. No, no, not at all. I have that's. <laughs> I always find like Vimeo is like the 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 upscale restaurant compared to like the Taco Bell of YouTube. See, I thought that if you posted Sabotage in 2022, it would stay up on YouTube because I think Billboard went through some changes where. If a whole bunch of people watched a fan video with your song on it, it would still count for like the Billboard Hot 100. Oh. But I guess, I guess, I don't know. I guess not. Well, see, I haven't never put it up on YouTube yet with the song. I've just done you like should Instagram and just to- do a te- do a test run. Yeah, that's a good idea. You should you should do a test run because when Billboard switched their roles, then a lot of those videos were fair game because artists were like, "Cool, like I'm gonna get more clicks and there's a chance I could get a number one song." Yeah, exactly. So who knows? Maybe this will. Right. We'll put yeah, sabotage try it, back. Yeah, in the try top 10. it. <laughs> try it. Give it a test run. See if it doesn't get yanked. If it doesn't get yanked, you're good to go. If it does get yanked, we should figure out some way to reach out to the Beastie Boys in the next year, year and a half. Hey, I'm all for that. All for that. Right. I think <laughs> I think Yauk would be down for that, right? That's the honestly, that's the one thing I always think of is like, would he think this is cool? Like, I think he might, but it's all my biggest fear is people seeing it like, wow. That took you how long? Like, where's your life, dude? <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> so next question I have for you. You don't have to answer, but are you married? Do you have a family? I'm married. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. 
And what's said around the household? Is this okay that you're diving into this side project? Yeah, she's down. She's an artist as well. So she understands. And I don't do it like as much as I probably would if I wasn't married. (laughs) I say like (laughs) Tuesdays and Thursday nights, that's when I work on it. And then Saturdays, if she's busy or whatever, like that kind of thing. So, but I often think it's like that meme of like the guy and the girl in bed. And she's like, I bet he's thinking of other girls. And I'm just like, (laughs) just thinking about stop motion sabotage all the time. (laughs) Yeah. Like when you're at your day job and you're doing these training videos, are you thinking about sabotage? Yeah. Honestly, man, it's something that's just always, it's a lacing on my brain kind of thing. Like I'm always kind of thinking about it. Like I took a hiatus in the back room where it is, got filled up just with a bunch of crap. And every time I'd go past it, it was like, oh man, I can't wait. And now that it's there, I'm just like, yes, let me back in there. (laughs) (laughs) So Paco, let's dive into your Beastie fandom. Cool. When did you hop on board the Beastie bus? I was early on, like 1986, grade three. My friend Corey Gladman, he comes over and he's got the tape and he's like, this is rap music. (laughs) <laughs> and I was like, oh, <laughs> and I put it in and like, like rhyme and steel now when the levee breaks beat, like yes. later on in high school, my cousin gave me Zeppelin four and I heard when the levee breaks, I was like, whoa, what is this? <laughs> like I had no idea and it didn't have that little scratch in it. And I was like, this isn't right. <laughs> but, <laughs> but yeah, so anyway, it was like the first album I knew all the words to even the words I shouldn't really know kind of thing. right? And they just kind of became the band for me then. And then a thing that kind of kept it within the family, my cousin and I, we, our families went to Myrtle Beach and they had one of those things in the 80s, they'd set up like you'd lip sync to a song and it'd be like mm-hmm. your music video. And my parents did a song and then I saw they had Fight for Your Right was one of the songs you could choose. I was like, hey, do you want to do this? Beastie Boys. And he's like, okay. And so we read the lyrics over. That's the first time I knew the word was porno mag. And I had no idea what it was. <laughs> I was like, he says porno mag. Okay. And so we lip synced that. And so it became this family thing like, oh, and those ki- when the kids did that lip syncing thing. So it kept the Beastie Boys <laughs> kind of cooking the whole time. And then when Paul's Boutique came out in 89, we both got it for Christmas. And we- did you like it? We did. We really liked it because there was a lot of stories on it. You know, and stuff like that. And so, and like the music was cool and everything, but again, I was 11. So I wasn't quite like, man, that Right, like this samples like nine different songs. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. But it was like, we were right in it. And then they, because nothing kind of came after Paul's Boutique, like they, there wasn't a lot of videos past Hey Ladies that got a lot of play. And that was grade five grade six and so then i just didn't know i thought they broke up and that was the end of it and then on much music again they had a show called rap city and they were like next week beastie boys are coming on and my friend matt and i who are still beastie boys fans were like what beastie boys and then (laughs) i remember getting check your head and i can remember the moment listening to it my mom's thunderbird and hearing their voices and it was them and it was the first time I'd ever had like a nostalgic moment, like I was only like 14, but I was like calling back to like grade three and it was like, there they are. They all sound like them, but they sound so different. And just check your head was like the groundwork for everything for me after that. Like, yes, it's, it's, it's my, yes, it's my plane going down album. Like if I'm on a plane, like we're crashing everybody. Sorry. It's like, I'm putting that album on and going out so did you by chance listen to the last episode of the brouhaha i did yes it was like check your head versus ill communication (laughs) where do you stand in that argument i'm gonna check your head all the way yeah 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 paco me too (laughs) yes me too yeah and i I do uh uh, how jim was saying on one of the other podcasts it was almost a warm-up for ill communication whereas i see ill communication is almost like a sequel like they took what they knew and kind of refined it. Not to say they made it better or made it worse. It was just kind of like they put that that mold down for check your head. And then for real communication, like, all right, let's hit the ground running here. Like how you said, it's the shortest time between two yes. albums. So they're like, we've got some momentum. Let's hit it. And then pow, ill communication comes out and they're just off to the races. So you're, you're saying ill communication is a sequel. It, it's in the same branch you know what i mean it's It's like a really good sequel yeah yeah but it's not better than the first one yeah exactly there we go 
I agree. How about, uh, so since we're talking about the albums, then where does Hello Nasty, the mix up to the Five Burrows and Hot Sauce Committee Part 2 rank? Man, uh, I got to say with, with Hello Nasty, it's almost like an album that just ages so well. Because there's so much. Every time I listen to it, I feel like, oh man, there's so much on this album. And I, I like it more and more as time goes on. I never didn't like it. But right. I really do like it a lot. And to the five boroughs, uh, my friends and I, we always say like we're, we love to the five boroughs more than most people do, it seems. Because it is an odd album out. It's very crisp, very electronic, very clean. But the songs are so awesome. Like when you say for what it is, it makes it sound like it's not good. But for the album it is, it's a tight, tight, awesome I album. feel like that's their singles album. Yeah. Like that may have the strongest collection of singles out of any Beastie Boys album. Yeah, they seem to be like hyper focused, like laser focused on that album, and it sounds like an album of lasers to me, like very electronic. <laughs> <laughs> and then the mix up. I lo- I said I I love the mix up, but I didn't go to the midnight sale for the mix up. No, yeah, I I love the mix up. My wife always says it's like the album I just put on in the background. If you yeah. have people over, I put it on like, right. it came out at a really awesome time in my life too. Like I saw, I saw them on that tour. I had like this Beastie Boys checklist from when I was in grade three, loving them. And it was what happened. Like one of the big things happened for that, for that tour in summer 2007. And it's so those songs are really, really important. Now, was that the first time you saw them? No, no. I saw them on the Hello Nasty tour in 98. Okay. Yeah. Where at? Um, at Molson Park in Barrie, like a huge outdoor, just fields. It wasn't like a venue. It's like a... So you didn't get to see them in the round. No, that but was... But they one... were supporting Hello Nasty. Yeah, it was like, because they're in Canada, because they were there, they couldn't do in the round because it was like this open field where they were playing. Okay. And so it was like the same tour, same show kind of thing, but it was on like a forward-facing stage. <laughs> so it wasn't a festival? No, it was like a Beastie Boys show. But there was Tribe on- Called Quest. Did Tribe Called Quest open? No, they were supposed to, but they didn't. And I can't, it was, I think it was like a border issue. Something along those lines, something happened and Tribe Called Quest couldn't be there. So it was a big bummer for a lot of people, myself included. Okay. But there was like 50,000 people there to see the Beastie Boys. Wow. It was, it was nuts. I remember, yeah, when they started uh, playing, uh, putting shame in your game. I like had like an emotional, like it was almost scary for a moment. Like the emotion took me over and I was like, oh my God. Yeah, which song? Out. So that's, so in 98, that's the first time you saw the Beastie Boys live. Mm. Do you remember what song sent you over the edge? Cause for me, I saw them in 94 for the first time mm-hmm. and I was so caught up in the show and they leave stage and then they come back and they open up the encore with So What You Want. Ooh. And I said, holy shit, I forgot, like, they didn't even play this, and this is my favorite Beastie Boy song, and that's when I lost it. So was there a moment like that in 98 when you saw him for the first time? I think it was the putting shame in your game, like, because it has that that kind of creepy, weird bass to open it up. Yes, yes. And like that, doom, doom, king, goom, goom, king, goom, <laughs> and I remember it hit me, and I was like, it got me, like, that inner, like fear but it wasn't like a fear i was scared of something it was just like oh my god this is for real like they're right there <laughs> this is happening yeah and that's what it was because i should have seen them in 94 or 95 and i just didn't I, I had a thing with like toronto and big cities and shit and i just didn't want to do it and so my friend went and i was like get me a shirt that's not a shirt everybody has but get me that shirt he's like okay and he came back with like the ill communication shirt with the cd on it that everybody had and he got himself the aloha mr hand shirt and i was like ah man that's so- i should have that so i always kick myself for not seeing them then but i i saw them enough after that so so yeah. you also saw them you said in 2007 yes is that yep. when your glasses were crushed? <laughs> yeah. Not during Heart Attack Man, but during Off the Grid? During Off the Grid. It was uh, it was a show in Baltimore at like the Pimlico race course or something like that. I don't... They were playing... The police were playing as well. And I love the police. And so it was Beastie Boys and Police back to back. And like Amy Winehouse was there. Ben Harper was there. Like it was an unreal lineup. So I drove from where I live in Canada to Baltimore by myself 
I didn't know Baltimore was a rough city at all. Oh, yeah. And I oh, show yeah. up and I go, it was the first time I've ever had to put my money in a drawer and slide it to the person behind the bulletproof glass at the convenience store. Yeah. So I was like, oh, okay, cool. And then I went to that show. <laughs> and one of the things I always wanted to do was see the Beastie Boys and be front row, like right against the bar. That was my goal. Mm-hmm. So when the band before them finished and everybody's like pouring out, I start working my way in. And I finally I get to the front, I get my hand on it and I wiggle my way up. So I'm front row, they come out, Off the Grid comes on, which is my favorite Beastie Boys instrumental song. And uh, some dude's crowd surfing just lands on my head, breaks my glasses. And I, I figured it would happen. I had my old glasses. So I, I have them in my hand and I just like hold them up. You yeah, almost like a power, like, look at my broken glasses. <laughs> and MCA looks over and he sees me holding these glasses and he just gives me a point. And that's all he did. But I was like, oh my God, he knows I exist. <laughs> and so, yeah, I had these broken glasses and I still have them. They're still broken. I got some duct tape from some roller derby girls afterwards and they duct tape my glasses together. But that was like a moment, like, um, I like left myself. Now, was that, so that was supporting the mix up, right? Yes. Yeah. So, all so was suits. that all instrumentation? Was there any action on the turntables for oh, Mixmaster yeah. Mike? It was a it was a full on like Beastie Boys show. Like, okay. They played all the yeah they played all their songs plus instrumentals, but it was like a full on show. Did they so did they play anything that they usually don't play? Um, because I know for that tour they were breaking out some like stuff that they normally didn't do. Uh, that was the first time and I think only time I saw No Sleep Till Brooklyn. And, okay. and in the middle of it, they got the verses mixed up and MCA called it. He's like, no, bep, bep, stop, 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 stop. Okay. One, two, three. And then he busted back <laughs> into it. And I was like, oh man, that's awesome. <laughs> it's almost like that day was just such a sunburny blur. It's like, <laughs> I have moments that I remember, but yeah. Like- now I think, now I think Paco, we attended the same Beastie Boys show. Yes. Because I think in one of your corduroy frames videos, you said that you attended the Awesome I Shot That show at Madison Square Garden. Yes, and uh, the Terminal 8 show as well. Terminal 5, Terminal, Terminal 5. 5. Sorry, Terminal 8. Yeah, Terminal the 5. The last time, the last time the Beastie Boys performed in New York City. Yes, and I didn't know that until I listened to the Brouhaha one day, and you were talking about their last show in New York, and you said Moby came out, and I was like, wait a minute. I was at a show yes. when Moby came out. And yeah, I was at that show as well. But yeah, I was also at the Awesome I Shot That show. Now, did you know that people were going to be recording that night? No. If I had known, I would have forced my way into that. Because again, I went to New York City, my first time in New York City, my first time on a plane. I went there by myself and uh, I had the whole day off so I could try to get into Madison Square Garden and, and somehow work my way in. That was my whole thing that day. And I found an open door and I slipped inside and I was like running around. Well, you around. didn't have a ticket? I did. I did. It was for okay. the night, but for the daytime, I was like, if I can just somehow weasel in. But oh, if I had known okay. they were doing that, like filming, I would have tried to get into that. Because I got in and I talked to security. I'm like, hey, I'm with the band. I got lost. I lost my pass. He's like, oh, you go down there and you turn here. I'm like, okay, thanks, man. <laughs> did you did you see them at all? No, I, I didn't see it. I don't even think they were there at that point. It was probably so early. They're at home hanging out and I'm running around trying to meet them. <laughs> see, I knew that fans were going to record and you could, I guess, you know, fill out the information on the website. And I was thinking to myself, do I want to record or do I just want to enjoy? And I sort of like yeah. had that debate with myself and I had seven of my friends going and I'm like, you know what? I'm not going to record. It would be weird. I'm going to enjoy. And yeah. I still like think about like, did I do the right thing? Yeah. It's, yeah, it's tricky, right? Because I always say if I had it, I probably just would have like kept it on myself singing all the words into the camera right and just which like, would have been cool yeah but this is the paco cam what's up beastie boys and just do that <laughs> and then it's like in my fantasy world i'm like that would have been like a, an angle on the dvd you could check out the paco cam <laughs> and but like, i also like watching it back paco i regret that i didn't have a camera mm-hmm. because i look and look and look and i can't find myself i'm nowhere to be found in that Same. whole video man where I, were you sitting i was kind of um almost like looking directly at the stage from the back of the arena off to the one okay. side a little bit. Like 
I, the first time I watched it in theaters, I swear all I did was like, am I there? Where am I? Am I in this? Am I in this? Where am I? <laughs> and then at the end, I was like, I guess I'm not. Because I don't even remember the, seeing anybody filming at the time either. So No, yeah. I, I didn't see any cameras. Yeah, pretty stealth. The cool thing was when they did the encore for Intergalactic, they actually oh. came to the upper deck yeah. Yeah. in my section. And I thought, oh, oh like really? I'll be on here, but I, I'm, I'm nowhere to be found, even though like, they performed right in front of me. That's crazy. That's crazy. Maybe yeah. I'll, I'll do my next stop motion of that and I'll go frame by frame and maybe I'll find you. I'm like, no, there you are there. <laughs> so when was the last time you saw the Beastie Boys? Uh, the was it the Terminal 5 show? Terminal 5 show. Yeah. yeah. All right. Yeah. That was it for me. Yeah. I, I believe. That was it for me too. Yeah. I, I was supposed to see them before, like years before. I had tickets to three shows, uh, the Madison Square Garden show, a show in Toronto and a show in Detroit. But I missed the show in Detroit because I got kidney stones that day. And I was like in the hospital writhing in pain while they were rocking the Motor City. And I was yeah. so bummed, so bummed. But I saw them enough, not I saw them enough times, but I can't be mad about missing one of you, the shows that I've seen, you know? Yes. Yeah. You saw them. Yeah, exactly. Do you do you have a favorite Beastie Boys song? We know your favorite Beastie Boys album. Yes. And actually, my favorite song is not on that album, though, oddly enough. My favorite song is Car Thief from Paul's Boutique. I love Car Thief. <laughs> interesting yeah I went. and you probably never saw that performed live right no i never did i there's a, a snippet on uh the individualist the ricky powell documentary because uh-huh. the, the homeboy throwing the towels lyric is in that song and there's yeah. a, a shot of that i'm like oh car thief live like it's just so awesome like i went through this period almost a year where i had paul's boutique in my car the cd in my car th- and i only listen to that and i couldn't skip a song and i couldn't go back to a song and i just listened to paul's boutique for like a year and i drove a lot so i like dissected that whole album and car thief every time just the music the dust brothers put yeah. behind it and everything it's just yeah amazing car thief is good. <laughs> it is good did you ever have any interactions with the beastie boys besides the point from mca on stage no that's that's the most i've gotten uh money mark has uh, left me a couple messages on instagram he's seen a couple of the things and stuff like that so but that's the closest i've gotten so far i keep holding out okay kathleen hannah's liked a couple things as well so i'm like maybe okay. she's like oh have you seen this? <laughs> so we'll find maybe, out. Maybe. Maybe. But yeah. you, you think, you'd think that when your sabotage video is finally complete, you may get eyeballs like Money Mark, Kathleen mm-hmm. Hanna, Mike D, Ad Rock, Mixmaster be... Mike, Fredo, Eric yeah. Bobo. Yeah. Yeah. I met Bobo once at a parliament concert that uh, uh, Cypress Hill was playing. And so I got him to sign my thing, Bobo. So I've, I've attached him in a few things like, and he's, he's seen, I think he's liked it a couple of times, a couple of posts, but yeah. That's, so there's that, that one as well. I met Bobo live in Toronto. All right. So Paco, before you go, we're going to do a, a triple trouble mm-hmm. kind of thing right now. So on right. your Instagram feed, once again, corduroy frames, yep. Paco is going to post a video. Asking Beastie Universe, what is the craziest thing they've done as a Beastie Boys fan? Maybe I shouldn't assume that doing this sabotage video is the craziest thing you've done as a fan, but is it? (laughs) Probably. Probably. Okay. (laughs) All right. So once again, so follow Corduroy Frames, because if you don't follow Corduroy Frames, then we can't actually communicate with you through the, the messaging system. So first of all, follow Corduroy Frames. Paco's going to post a video asking the question, what's the craziest thing you've done as a Beastie Boys fan? And then Lee's Sportswear, a site that puts out Beastie apparel. It's not official, not sanctioned by the Beastie Boys, but the (laughs) apparel is created by Beastie Boys fans. Lee's Sportswear is going to look at all the comments and they're going to say, yeah, like Deborah from Washington, like she traveled the earth to see the Beastie Boys 103 times. She wins. And then Lee Sportswear, they're going to send three free T-shirts to the person they deemed has done the craziest thing as a Beastie Boys fan. 
Crazy not as in violent, but crazy as in spending three years doing a stop motion <laughs> sabotage recreation. Yes, yes. I, All I, right. I think there's only one of them, I hope. And you're you're familiar with Lee Sportswear, <laughs> yeah, right? I was gonna say, and this isn't even just a plug to plug. It's like Lee Sportswear has awesome Beastie Boys shirts. And when you get them, they're like soft, fantastic. Like I really like Lee Sportswear. I've gotten I've even gotten them as presents for people. So which which two do you have? I have the one that says the Beasties and like the Beatles font, like the yes. Paul Boutique of rap. Yeah, the, the Sergeant Pepper of hip hop. Yes. And then um, I and then I've got the uh, actually I got that for my cousin as well in a different color, and it's so I've got. I that. like the one, and you all know it's. I think it's like the Helvetica font where it's like Adam Horovitz, yeah, Adam Yuck, Michael Diamond, but then Michael Diamond is crossed out and it says. Clarence. <laughs> yeah, that's a sweet one. Is your name Michael Diamond? No, nah, my name's Clarence. <laughs> I like the Doris the Finkasaurus one as well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so once again, you got to follow Corduroy Frames on Instagram. You got to follow Lee's Sportswear on Instagram so they can get in contact with you. Lee's Sportswear is Lee's underscore Sportswear. Uh, Paco's going to ask the question, Lee Sportswear will pick a winner, and to their favorite, they will send you three free, that means you don't have to pay for it, three free Beastie Boys t-shirts. There. Boom. That's like an an orgy of (laughs) corduroy frames and the brouhaha and Lee Sportswear all in one episode. Can't ask for any more. All right, so Paco, it was a pleasure. Thank you for having and me. And the the next step is we have to meet each other in real life. I agree. This would be awesome. I'd love to just hang out and just just if just you're go in off. New York City, if you're in New York City again, let me know. Sweet, will do, man. I'm looking hopefully to get there this summer if I can because we let love me know. New York yeah, City. I, I, I feel like we're brothers from another mother. Definitely, I agree, man. This it feels like we've been on here for like ten minutes, just like. <laughs> talking sauce and everyone's like oh man it's been longer than 10 minutes so i want to wish you luck thank you and if you get to a point where you feel like you're gonna break take a a couple mental health days but i want this project to be finished but at your own pace yeah so i'm not putting pressure on you if it's 2024 then so be it it might be who knows we'll see it's okay. The Beastie Boys promised us that book years ago and it came out years later. Exactly. That's the, if I'm really uh, going through the Beastie Boys repertoire and the way they go, <laughs> I've got to make you wait for it, I guess. That's right. That's right. So good luck with the rest of your sabotage video. And we should do something special to celebrate it when it's done. I am all for that. I, it'll be a big day, let me tell you. All right. So for Paco a.k.a. Corduroy Frames on Instagram. My name is Jim Shear, and we will see Yins later. Awesome. That's it, that's all, that's all there is. Yo, we gonna end it on a one, two, three, though. Are you ready? One, two, one, two, three. Guarantee we bring the brew ha ha. Bring the brew ha ha. Bring the brew ha ha.